Welcome to Puritan's Read, reading aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, Episode 9 of The Letters of Samuel Rutherford. To Mary McNaught, Adherence to Duty, Aberdeen, 9 March, 1637. Loving and dear sister, grace, mercy, and peace be to you. Your letter hath refreshed my soul. You shall not have my advice to make haste to go out of that town, for if you remove out of Kirk Cudbright, they will easily undo all. You are at God's work and in his way there. Be strong in the Lord. The devil is weaker than you are because... Stronger is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Your care of and love showed towards me, now a prisoner of Christ, is laid up for you in heaven, and you shall know that it is come up in remembrance before God. Pray, pray for my desolate flock, and give them your counsel when you meet with any of them. It shall be my grief to hear that a wolf enters in upon my labors, but if the Lord permit it, I am silent. My sky shall clear, for Christ layeth my head in his bosom, and admitteth me to lean there. I never knew before what his love was in such a measure. If he leave me, he leaveth me in pain, and sick of love, and yet My sickness is my life and health. I have a fire within me. I defy all the devils in hell and all the prelates in Scotland to cast water on it. I rejoice at your courage and faith. Pray still as if I were on my journey to come and be your pastor. What iron gates or bars are able to stand it out against Christ? For when he bloweth, they open to him. I remember your husband. Grace, grace be with you. To William Livingstone, Aberdeen, 13 March, 1637. My very dear brother, I rejoice to hear that Christ hath run away with your young love and that you are so early in the morning matched with such a lord for a young man is often a dressed lodging for the devil to dwell in be humble and thankful for grace and judge it not so much by weight as by its truth christ will not cast water on your smoking coal he never yet put out a dim candle that was lighted at the sun of righteousness I recommend to you prayer and watching over the sins of your youth, for I know that missive letters go between the devil and young blood. Satan hath a friend at court in the heart of youth, and there pride, luxury, lust, revenge, forgetfulness of God are hired as his agents. Happy is your soul if Christ man the house and take the keys himself, and command all, as it suiteth him full well to rule all wherever he is. Keep and entertain Christ well, 
Cherish his grace, blow upon your own coal, and let him tutor you. Now, for myself, know that I am fully agreed with my Lord. Christ hath put the Father and me in each other's arms. Many a sweet bargain he made before, and he hath made this among the rest. I reign as king over my crosses. I will not flatter a temptation, nor give the devil a good word. I defy hell's iron gates. God hath passed over my quarreling against him at my entry here, and now he feedeth and feasteth with me. Praise, praise with me, and let us exalt his name together. To the Laird of Carlton, Aberdeen, 14 March, 1637. Much honored, sir. I will not impute your not writing to me to forgetfulness. However, I have one above who forgetteth me not. Nay, he groweth in his kindness. It hath pleased his holy majesty to take me from the pulpit and teach me many things in my exile and prison that were mysteries to me before as, number one, I see his bottomless and boundless love and kindness and my jealousies and ravings, which at my first entry into this furnace were so foolish and bold as to say to Christ, who is truth itself in his face, thou liest. I had well nigh lost my grips. I wondered if it was Christ or not. For the mist and smoke of my perturbed heart made me mistake my master, Jesus. My faith was dim, and hope frozen and cold, and my love, which caused jealousies, had some warmness and heat and smoke, but no flame at all. Yet I was looking for some good of Christ's old claim to me, though I had forfeited all my rights. But the tempter was too much upon my counsels and was still blowing the coal. Alas, I knew not well before what good skill my intercessor and advocate, Christ, hath in pleading and in pardoning me such follies. Now he is returned to my soul with healing in his wings and I am nothing behind with Christ now, for he hath overpaid me by his presence, the pain I was put to by on waiting, and any little loss I sustained by my witnessing against the wrongs done to him. I think it was a pain to my Lord to hide himself any longer. In a manner, he was challenging his own unkindness and repented him of his glooms. And now, what want I on earth that Christ can give to a poor prisoner? Oh, how sweet and lovely is he now. Alas, that I cannot get none to help me to lift up my Lord Jesus upon his throne above all the earth. Number two, I am now brought to some measure of submission 
and I resolve to wait till I see what my Lord Jesus will do with me. I dare not now nickname or speak one word against the all-seeing and overwatching providence of my Lord. I see providence runneth not on broken wheels, but I, like a fool, carved a providence for mine own ease to die in my nest and to sleep still till my gray hairs and to lie on the sunny side of the mountain in my ministry at Anwath. But now I have nothing to say against a borrowed fireside and another man's house, nor Kedar's tents where I live, being removed far from my acquaintance, my lovers, and my friends. I see God hath the world on his wheels, and casteth it as a potter doth a vessel on the wheel. I dare not say that there is any inordinate or irregular motion in providence. The Lord hath done it. I will not go to law with Christ, for I should gain nothing of that. Number three, I have learned with some greater mortification and not to mourn after or seek to suck the world's dry breasts. Nay, my Lord hath filled me with such dainties that I am like a full banqueter, which is not for common cheer. What have I to do to fall down upon my knees and worship mankind's great idol, the world? I have a better God than any clay God. Nay, at present, as I am now disposed, I care not much to give this world a discharge of my life, rent of it for bread and water. I know it is not my home, nor my father's house. It is but his footstool, his muir ground. Let bastards take it. I hope never to think myself in its common for honor or riches. Now say I to laughter, thou art madness. Number four, I find it most true that the greatest temptation out of hell is to live without temptations. If my waters would stand, they would rot. Faith is the better for the free air and the sharp winter storm in its face. Grace withereth without adversity. The devil is but God's master fencer to teach us to handle our weapons. Number five. I never knew how weak I was till now, when he hideth himself, and when I have him to seek seven times a day. I am a dry and withered branch and a piece of a dead carcass dry bones, and not able to step over a straw. The thoughts of my old sins are as the summons of death to me, and of late my brother's case hath stricken me to the heart. When my wounds are closing, a little ruffle causeth them to bleed afresh. So thin-skinned is my soul that I think it is like a tender man's skin that may touch nothing you see how short I would shoot of the prize if his grace were not sufficient for me. Woe is me for the day of Scotland. 
Woe, woe is me for my harlot mother, for the decree is gone forth. Women of this land shall call the childless and miscarrying wombs blessed. The anger of the Lord is gone forth and shall not return till he performs the purpose of his heart against Scotland. Yet he shall make Scotland a new sharp instrument, having teeth to thresh the mountains and fan the hills as chaff. The prisoner's blessing be upon you. That was episode nine of the letters of Samuel Rutherford. <laughs>